slaves and the sons of former slave owners will they be able to sit down together at the table of brotherhood. I have a dream that one day even the state of Mississippi, a state sweltering with the heat of injustice, sweltering with the heat of oppression, will be transformed into an oasis of freedom and justice. I have a dream. My poor little children will one day live in a nation where they will not be judged by the color of their skin, but by the content of their character. I have a dream today. One day, down in Alabama, with its vicious racist, with its governor having his lips dripping with the words of interposition and nullification, one day right there in Alabama, little black boys and black girls will be able to join hands with little white boys and white girls as sisters and brothers. I have a dream today. shall be made low, the rough places will be made plain, and the crooked places will be made straight, and the glory of the Lord shall be revealed, and all flesh shall see it together. This is our hope. This is a faith that I go back to the South with. With this faith, we will be able to hew out of the mountain of despair a stone of hope. With this faith, we will be able to transform the jangling discords of our nation into a beautiful symphony of brotherhood. With this faith, we will be able to work together, to pray together, to struggle together, to go to jail together, to stand up for freedom together, knowing that we will be free one day. Good morning, everyone. Thank you so much again for joining me this morning for some coffee and a lot of Christ. Today's segment that I bring to you is titled Your Calling. I have a dream segment um, in honor of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. and our upcoming um month of February, Black History Month. So I am so excited to bring um, some um, purpose-driven and excitement to your life today. And again, I thank you so much for joining me. So we're going to start off with our prayer and we're just going to ask God to fulfill in um, to fulfill our purpose, Father God, that we are working in today and every day that you lift us, lift up our family, allow your your words to be or our words to be your words and your thoughts to be our thoughts, Father God. And we thank you so much for this fellowship and this gathering, Father God, that we can walk away with excitement to live out in your purpose. And in Jesus' name, we pray. So again, thank you guys so much. I hope that you have been enjoying the last couple of my um, segments and um I just want to thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. I have been getting an outpour of 
um, encouragement and support. Um, and I'm just elated. So thank you guys so, so much. So to jump into our segment, I posted on my Instagram, um, action expresses priorities. And that was by, um, Gandhi. And I felt like this is an amazing, um, quote to start off our segment today. I had a conversation with my daughter on yesterday and as I was doing um trying to braid her hair she said mom she said was colored people the first people to love Jesus so it was interesting to me and I said what do you mean um Kennedy what do you mean colored people was the first people to love Jesus what do you mean by colored and I said where did you hear the word colored from and it was so amazing that she was like well we wrote we watched a video of Mar- Dr. Martin Luther King um before we let out on Friday and etc etc and what I found to be interesting was she just said we watched a video and oftentimes that's what we do we play um his speeches we introduce the idea or the ideology of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. to our generation, but do we actually take the time to teach and allow them to understand what his purpose was, okay? And that was very interesting to me. So I told her, I said, well, colored was used as a term in history um, to represent African-Americans and black people. And with that, just that small insight, I was able to move into the next topic and let her understand that it's not just colored people, African-Americans, blacks, whites, browns that first loved Jesus. It's everyone that lived in Jesus' purpose that came, that was birthed, and that sought out to fulfill their purpose in Jesus-like character. And that's what I want to really discuss today. Um, it's about your spiritual walk, about dreaming your reality of having the confidence to stand for something. Faith without works is dead. And you have to understand that in order for you to develop your craft, you have to surround yourself by those that are crafted or that can explain to you the importance and the insight that you need or give you the insight that you need to understand how to develop your purpose. Dr. Martin Luther King stood in truth and in light and it doesn't matter um, what many people may have in, um, may think about history or how they may take history But what we cannot ignore is that he stood in his purpose. And my question for you today, are you standing in your purpose? Are you birthing your baby? 
you know, and it's so funny because I do dedicate this segment and I told one of my poetry um, club members, one of my students, whenever we were having a discussion that I would dedicate this to him because he brought up a great point. He said, he asked me, he said, Miss K, because they call me Miss K, um, when you wrote your books and your novels, does it take, you know, a long time or is it something that you just do or do you throw it together? And I told him, and his name is Nigel Poo, so hello, shout out to Nigel. Um, I told him, I said, you know what, when it comes down to fulfilling your purpose and walking in your truth and telling your story, it's like birthing a baby. It takes time. It's crafted. You're not on anyone's time, but his time. And birthing that baby, if it comes early, it can become premature. It may be underdeveloped, okay? And it may take extra nurturing to survive versus come out thriving and ready to survive and jump into its purpose. And I remember I wrote a blog and it was called birthing a baby so it was just confirmation whenever we were speaking that I wanted to do this segment and it all lined up and that's just usually how God works he lines everything up one of um, Einstein quotes says when the solution is easy it's God answering but anyway uh, so my blog was called birthing a baby and of course I like to share that with you and hope that you can walk away with um, the meaning behind the block and it says birthing a baby is one of the most painful experiences a woman will ever endure some labors are quick and some are long but the end but at the end of labor comes the most beautiful miracle with an instant relief of that pain Oftentimes in life, we experience or forced to face quick or sometimes long, unmeasurable pain to, in the end, birth out our miracle. So say out loud, Lord, this is my birthing season. Only you know what blessings will be brought to my life. This week, I started working on a new chapter in my life, moving closer to an ending goal. The excitement I felt, the spiritual connection I had to this new experience got welcomed with an unexpected jab. It seemed like every time I find peace of mind and something stabilizing my journey, I'm forced to face a fragment of a destructive past or battles that weren't even minds to begin with. So I reached out to my supportive warriors, took a long soak and regrouped. I thought about the 25 long painful hours of labor I had endured before my baby girl made her entry into the world and realized that I had to go through it in order for her to come out of it healthy and ready for her purpose in the world and in my life. See God knows exactly what he is doing. God uses you and oftentimes allow those reflected moments of pain in order for you to envision his miracles that lay ahead. Don't stay discouraged when your pains are so dreadful and hard to face. Instead, find encouragement with fate that a blessing is on its way. The devil doesn't mess with his own mess. He messed with the blessed and the anointed. Stand firm, call on your prayer warriors, and in agreement, you all call on him. 
And I found this so interesting because it can even relate back to the history of African Americans and their endurance and in relation to the celebration and the the um celebration of this phenomenal individual in our history. Yes, we look back and a lot of times that history is very painful and hard to envision or even enact in our mind. Yet we're moving closer and they had to go through it and there were people that came before us that had to go through it in order for us to come out of it and for us to be able to move in this world and in America with a purpose and Jesus God gives us that purpose before we even enter into this world and that's why it takes months of development for us to be born into a healthy boy or girl. And you are not accidentally brought into this world. Every one of you have a purpose. You are in your birthing season. And in order to do that, you have to surround yourself with people that can help you develop your craft. And oftentimes we're so um misguided that we shy away from those that may have endured some of the things that we may be facing or that may come ahead and we don't tend to seek wise counsel everything is a discipleship everything is a fellowship And these are the people that you need to rely on the most for support, for encouragement, for just an insight into what lies ahead. Granted, your destiny and your path will be completely different from someone else's, but at least they can guide you in certain directions. Okay. So. Again, um, this was so, so exciting, and I just wanted to dedicate this segment to Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. and also in honor of our upcoming Black History Month. And every day, we live in purpose, we live in history, we live in um, the present and with the hopes of an amazing, amazing future. But... I wanted you guys to get an insight of um, this segment and understand that your purpose is something that you have to be able to fulfill. And you have to humble yourself to know that it is okay to seek counsel and to seek those that may have gone before you. Um, I want to extend my poetry segment um, today by reading a few poems, actually, um, from the recommended book that I will be um, delivering to you in just a minute. But it's a few of African-American poets that have come before me and because we are talking about living in our purpose and and fulfilling our purpose and it's I have a dream segment of course I want to dedicate or extend my portrait segment because that has been 
that has always been my my purpose writing and delivering message through my writing and things of that nature and poetry is a passion and a love for me and so it is befitting that I take the time to just read a few poems and it won't be many because I don't want um, to overload you with poems today but and I definitely don't want you to miss out on the opportunity to hunger for more and go out and seek this recommended book that I will be sharing with you but there's one and it's called I am accused of tending to my past and this is by Lucille Clifton I'm accused of tending to the past as if I made it as if I sculptured it with my own hands I did not this past was waiting for me when I came a monstrous unnamed baby and I with my mother's itch took it to my breast and named it history. She is more human now, learning languages every day, remembering faces, names, and dates. When she is strong enough to travel on her own, beware, she will. Lucille Clifton, I am accused of tending to the past. Uh, let's see, I also have another one. This one is by Langston Hughes. The Negro Speaks of Rivers. To W.E.B. Du Bois. I've known rivers. I've known rivers ancient as the world and older than the flow of human blood and human veins. My soul has grown deep like the rivers. I bathed in the Euphrates when dawns were young. I built my hut near the Congo and it it lulled me to sleep. I looked upon the now and raised the pyramids above it. I heard the singing of the Mississippi when Abe Lincoln went down to New Orleans, and I've seen its muddy bosom turn all golden in the sunset. I've known rivers, ancient, dusky rivers. My soul has grown deep like the rivers. And my last one I want to share from this book is called The Creation by James Weldon Johnson. It's a Negro sermon. And God stepped out on space. And he looked around and said, I'm lonely. I'll make me a world. And as far as the eye of God could see, darkness covered everything. Blacker than a hundred midnights down in a cypress swamp. Then God smiled, and the light broke, and the darkness rolled up on one side, and the light stood shining on the other, and God said, that's good. Then God reached out and took the light in his hands, and God rolled the light around in his hands until he made the sun, and he set that sun a-blazing in the heavens, and the light that was left from making the sun, God gathered it up in a shining ball and flung it against the darkness, spangling the night with a moon and stars. Then down between the darkness and the light, he hurled the world, and God said, that's good. Then God himself stepped down, and the sun was on his right hand and the moon was on his left. The stars were clustered about his head, and the earth was under his feet, and God walked 
and where he trod, his footsteps hollowed the valleys out and bulged the mountains up. Then he stopped and looked and saw that the earth was hot and barren. Sagard stepped over to the edge of the world and he sped out the seven seas. He batted his eyes and the lightnings flashed. He clapped his hands and the thunders rolled and the waters above the earth came down. The cooling waters came down. Then the green grass sprouted and the little red flowers blossomed. The pine tree pointed his fingers to the sky and the oak spread out his arms and the lakes cuddled down in the hollows of the ground and the rivers ran to the sea and God smiled again and the rainbow appeared and curled itself around his shoulder. Then God raised his arm and he waved his hand over the sea and over the land and he said, bring forth, bring forth. And quicker than God could drop his hand, fishes and fowls and beasts and birds swam the rivers and the seas, roamed the forests and the woods, and split the air with their wings. And God said, that's good. Then God walked around and God looked around and all that he had made. He looked at his sun and he looked at his moon and he looked at his little stars. He looked on his world with all its living things and God said, I'm still lonely. Then God sat down on the side of a hill where he could think. By a deep, wide river, he sat down. With his head in his hands, God thought and thought till he thought, I'll make a man. Up from the bed of a river, God scooped the clay. And by the bank of the river, he kneeled him down. And there the great God Almighty who lit the sun and fixed it in the sky, who flung the stars to the most far corner of the night, who rounded the earth in the middle of his hand. This great God, like a mammy bending over her baby, kneeled down in the dust, toiling over a lump of clay till he shaped it in his own image. Then into it he blew the breath of life and man became a living soul amen amen beautiful and this poem again represents today's topic god created you just like he gave you something inside of you to birth out your baby, to create and nurture your purpose. And I just think that it's beautiful. It's a beautiful thing to know that every time you wake up, you can think back to your creator and you can think back to your purpose. Yes, oftentimes we get sidetracked. Yes, oftentimes the devil comes in and try to throw us off our game. But at the same time, continue to perfect your craft. Continue to have that action express your priorities. Place your energy into what is your priority and what's important to you. And you will find yourself again. So 
I'll leave before I even give you the name of this amazing um, collection of um, poems. I want to leave you with my favorite poem. (laughs) And it's called, You Still Can't Steal My Dance. I started off with a quote first and it says, You begin to realize that God has complete control over your life. Not by thinking you are blessed sometimes, but when you know you are blessed all of the time. So it starts off. Amen, amen, amen. Wow, the beauty of praising his name with a beat, the sonder sweet melody that moves my feet. Tap dance, ballet, zydeco, swing out, and even hip hop. And through Zumba, get a little salsa workout. See, I've learned a long time ago that the devil is beneath my feet. So why don't you wobble with me, wobble with me, wobble with me, and show him there's no defeat. Lift every voice and sing. Clap your hands and rejoice because we serve an almighty king. Now this sounds jazzy and all, but let's talk about the days when my feet are sore, my body is weak, my heart aches, and my mind is too tired to even hear the sounds of my own cry. I'm like, God, do you really expect me to dance like this? I mean, I can't even find my rhythm. I can't find my niche. God says to me, my child, let me see you dance. I cry back out, God, I don't have anything left in me. There's no music. There's no sound. I looked inside myself and chaos is all I found. God, please don't make me dance. God then replies, my little dancing child, I will leave you with this and then you will realize you don't need brass instruments to spring forth the noise. You don't need beautiful harps or a mass choir to give you a song. I created the original sounds of music, the rain that beats life into the earth, the birds that hums a hymn that gave today's music its worth. Listen, my child, when you feel you have nothing to dance to, remember I'm the music that lives within you. So now I use this in, this information as my main source of inspiration to salsa, hip-hop, swing out, zydeco, ballet, and tap dance. And let the devil know that even when there is no sound, he still can't steal my dance. And this is written by your one and only Krishna Janae. So I'm snapping and I'm snapping. So...